<laughs> yeah. Right. Minor crisis managed. We did it. Audio gremlins banished. The podcast. So I'm going to blame your new computer for that one. Yep. Absolutely should. Seems Congratulations. Like exactly what was the problem. <laughs> Welcome back to We Were Gamers episode way too late to still be talking about audio problems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how is everybody? I am. I'm going to hand over the podcast immediately to somebody else. Well, uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I just wanted to point out that up front here, this is going to be my last podcast for a little bit with you guys. I'm going to be uh, away from the pod. Uh, That's JJ. Yes, it is. Hello. Uh, and I'll look forward to speaking with all of you again after this episode uh, in the new year where I will tell you all about what it was I was doing. Are we leaving it a surprise for people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got to draw, got to draw them back in after the the holidays somehow. Exactly. Gosh, I really, I hope they're riveted. <laughs> oh yeah, get excited. <laughs> Hype. I, I mean, I'm excited for you. I know what you're doing. Yes. So, uh, you all can be excited to learn too uh, in the <laughs> new year. Uh, but I'm jealous. I should say we're very happy uh, to talk about this episode with you. And Michael is here also. Hey everybody, how are you, Michael? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. We, uh, we had a good weekend and there was, there was some adulting, Uh oh. um, for, uh, JJ, the, as Love the it. newly married, I will give you, um, some advice to not put off combining your insurance. Hmm. Yes. Cause we saved a lot of money by switching to not Geico. I was just about to say that. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us had Geico, but you know, that joke writes itself. If I can only convince you to combine your phone bills, we'll have saved you thousands of dollars. Uh, it turns out yeah. uh, two drivers, they really like that sort of thing. Yes, they do. And then, you know, we moved on my, you know, I had my insurance and my renter's insurance all together. And so we moved everything over and they combined to give us more discount. And What a scam. The discounts all pile up. We, uh... I will happily say that we did some of that already. So we uh, combined on car and all that uh, home and stuff. So it, yeah, was a bigger hassle than I expected it to be, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's good. Uh, yeah, for those of you out there who want to adult a little bit, insurance. Woohoo! Yeah. Did you go with an umbrella policy or did you... <laughs> uh, anyway. Liability. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we can get we can get deep on this stuff. But we, we actually had a really funny moment, and this, this leads me into the rest of our weekend. We were talking with our insurance agent, and, you know, he was filling in the forms and stuff, and so he was I, making small talk. I would like to point out that you had a funny moment with your insurance agent. That is something really special you should cherish. <laughs> Hold this memory. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was very, he was a good guy, but he was very millennial, and we'll leave it at that. Oh, no. Um, but so he was just making small talk. And asking what we were up to for the rest of the weekend. And we mentioned that we were thinking of going to a barbecue pop-up that we had heard about. And he stops what he's doing and he looks at us and he goes, is it heritage? Yeah. And in fact, Please it was heritage. Oh, yes, it was. Oh my god! And he gosh. he freaked out and was very jealous because he was stuck at work on Sunday as well and could not go himself to get the I, barbecue. We had an opportunity to get some heritage a few weeks ago when they were at Bottle Logic, uh, which is as uh, people probably who listen to the podcast know a very favorite of ours. Um, many people on here. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was bummed. Where did you track down Heritage? So they were at Tarot. Oh, so down the street. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So right around the corner. So we went there, um, bumped into friends of the pod, uh, Andrew and Judith, who were also Ooh. there for barbecue. Shout out. Uh, which worked out because they actually, the they were a little slow um, in the processing of the people in the line. And Andrew and Judith had to run an errand and then come back. And they were gone for an hour-ish. And so left uh, asked if we would buy them their food. And it took so long to get us through the line that they got back right as we had gotten their food. Is any food worth it? It was good barbecue. But is it worth it? Like, just, just, there's a chance or a time where you could go to, let's say, 
brood brew hog and not wait which would you prefer to have done so i'll say i preferred this only because the fact that there were we were there with friends um other friends as well brew hog and with friends is fine you can well sure sure but what what <laughs> where the what puts it over the top is that you can not only order yourself beer from Tarot, but they were actually coming down the line and taking beer orders and bringing it to you directly. Ooh, service. Nice. Yeah, so that made the that made Avert- the waiting go a lot faster. Averting a riot. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but the, the barbecue was fantastic. Uh, they, they definitely know what they're doing, so next time you see them, uh, you see their name pop up somewhere, get, try and make get there an hour early. And get there. Yeah, so we got there at like 10 after 12, um, Tarot opened at noon yesterday. We got there at 10 after 12. They were starting service at one and it still took us forever to get through line. All right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to derail the podcast. Describe to me your perfect barbecue sauce. Mm. I'm making uh, Michael go last. Uh, okay. I, Okay, oh, because okay. yeah, as, I was gonna say a, I know Michael has opinions. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> Michael is from the land of the Q, as right. they say, and you know, each person that lives in a, a land of the Q has their own opinions. If you're from Texas or North Carolina or Kansas City, et cetera, Kansas City or you know all these places. Being from Southern California, we uh, JJ and I have the benefit of having experienced many a Q style. Yep. And I think we've garnered a few uh, likes and dislikes, but I don't think we have hashtag opinions. Yeah, certainly I uh, I appreciate barbecue of all shapes and sizes because it's all amazing generally. <laughs> yes, but I'm I'm li- I'm limiting it. Like I don't want to talk about how to cook the meat. I don't want to just tell me when you pour that bottle out uh-huh. what what liquid of barbecue nature do you want to come out of it? Uh, I like a. Sli- uh, slightly sweet but more tangy kind of a sauce mm-hmm. uh, uh, in terms of like consistency a little on the thicker side but kind of a little runny too I don't like the um, the like really molassesy sticky stuff I think that's a little too much for me okay I land in the it kind of needs to come in a ketchup bottle you know those uh like actual ketchup or just like... No, 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 no. <laughs> Not like the glass ones. You know, the like food truck ones. The squeeze bottle, empty squeeze plastic. Bottle. Okay, squeeze bottle. See-through. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm okay with that, no, no, yeah. No, no see-through. It's got to be like a brown color. Uh, Definitely on the vinegary side. Mm-hmm. Not the type that has like tomatoes and stuff in it, you know? And yeah. also not ketchup that has been worst assured. Definitely more like, like straight up, almost vinegary, pretty liquidy, and then some. Sometimes I really like a like a mustard flavor in there. Not strong mustard, not only mustard, but like a little bit of mustard. Definite, like like you said, tang, not sweet. Yeah, a little bit of pepper, and kind of liquidy. Michael, are you offended by our opinions? No, so. All of my, uh, I'll preface it with this, all of my strong opinions are on meat style more than sauce style. That's interesting. So I am, I'm much more forgiving on the, the, not necessarily forgiving, but I have a much broader appreciation for the variance in sauces, um, reserving judgment unlike with the meats. Um, that being the case, it, it kind of depends on what I'm having. Um, hmm. So if I'm having, you know, traditional, if I'm back home having traditional North Carolina style chopped pork or pulled pork, I like the Eastern North Carolina vinegar barbecue sauce, which is basically just vinegar and spices and that's it. So, you know, it's, it's as thin, you guys were saying you like your sauces a little on the runnier side. It's as thin as you can get it because it's, it's a step away, a couple of steps away from being just straight vinegar. Um. In terms of thicker sauces, I do like a really good, um, like mustard barbecue sauce, uh, South, you know, South Carolina style. Um, I do, I do like well-made, uh, ketchup based ones too, but like you, Andy, not, 
not just straight ketchup yeah. with a little bit added to it. It has to be yeah. the ketchup can give it body, but there's got to be something else going on to give it f- more flavor than that. I think that that all the ketchup based or or tomato based barbecue sauces there may be one or two that I can think of that I've ever had that don't feel like they just started as a ketchup or tomato thing instead of being barbecue that somebody was like, and then I want tomato flavor in here. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. That's a pitfall of the tomato ones typically. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a go-to recipe if I'm making my own barbecue sauce and it's equal parts ketchup and mustard as, as a large part of the base. Huh. So there's also a, a good amount of vinegar. There's brown sugar. Um, Gotta have the brown sugar. Yeah, I, I think that say, one has molasses in it. I don't mind. See, molasses as an ingredient is good. There are some that border on, like, I feel like they just went hard on molasses. <laughs> and that's not what I'm into. Yeah. Copy that. Uh, All good we, opinions. We also, just one last note, we also did manage to score a... Um, preservation society bottle that we are uh, not members of the preservation society so that was fun Ooh, cool all right just like barbecue sauce we've all got a little bit of different flavors when it comes to video games and none of us seem to be playing anything like each other i think michael you're <laughs> in the middle of ocean horn yeah it's going uh, on yeah how's that it's good it's, it's, it's been good i'm i'm getting near to the end i think i have uncovered all of the islands at this point and i have cleared think all but three of them so it, it tracks your percentage you know when you back into the world map and mine's somewhere around 74 percent. i think cool. was the last number i saw so okay. it's been good i right after complaining about it last week i leveled my character up one more level from where i was and unlocked faster sailing speed <laughs> hey <laughs> so, you know in that uh wind waker hd they just gave you the fast sail like yeah straight off the bat because this type of stuff happens. I'm surprised there's no fast travel. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised too. I have like three more character levels and I wonder if they do it as a late unlock, but at gotcha. that point it's just like I've pretty much sailed all all around the map at this point, so all right. How much fishing has there been? Um fortunately there has not been a whole lot of fishing. Um there are only six or seven fish in the whole game and you just have to catch one of each one. There was a quote I saw by uh, one Yoko Taro from near Automata who says that you can't have a JRPG without fishing. I mean, well, hmm, what's Is the there... fishing in Final Fantasy? Well, I mean, some of them don't have it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is there fishing in Xenoblade Chronicles? That's, it might be the only one that comes to mind where I can't think of there being any fishing. You can go swim in water and fight a lot of fish, though. <laughs> it's like Touché. like fishing with a hand fishing with my sword <laughs> <laughs> nice what's your standout from your ocean horn time what's your thing that you like the best about it um i like the art style okay kind of that cel-shaded art just like uh wind waker was yeah right? yeah it's a little more it's not quite as soft around the edges as Wind Waker is. Um, the you know the definition has a little bit of harder lines to it, but it's uh, it's definitely really well done. Like someone someone put some time into it. Swinging over to the slightly sweet but kind of tangy, <laughs> JJ. Yeah, uh, I uh, I've been still doing uh, some stuff in Hitman Two. Uh, you know, kind of leveling up there. Uh, but this weekend, uh, dabbling in the new Battletech expansion also very, very slightly. Ooh. Uh, we, I was going to save it for kind of news at the end, but should we just jump two feet forward into this thing? Yeah, we can. Sure. All right. This is not a review of the new Flashpoint drop for Battletech. I was going to say, I didn't actually play any Flashpoints, so I can't have any opinion. <laughs> It's it's out. BattleTech has released their first expansion, Flashpoint, which adds, I would guess, thirty-ish hours to the game. Based hard, on what I've read, hard to know. Hard to say. It definitely adds a new career mode, which is what I've been trying 
uh, a way okay, that so you lets have you been kind of playing flashpoint yeah i i play well i i played the career mode which is like the the mercenary game essentially but it doesn't have any of the story missions in it essentially so it lets you fly around and take missions from various factions or whatever unencumbered by the uh the typical stuff that the the game hinders you with in terms of the story mode. Like in some places you can't go places and the map is just do whatever you want from the outset. So I'm, I want to know since you don't have the game ahead of you where the, the story kind of pays your way in a way, you know, the money from the Arano missions is enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you Uh, get quite sizable rewards from some of those. The missions from the, Aranos are kind of enough in terms of getting mechs and all that. You mm. don't really need to hunt if you don't want to. You could probably play the story beginning to end without doing much else. Uh, there's definitely a few places where you want to maybe do a few missions here and there. And then there are some places where you literally have to just do a couple missions in between before the next story thing will happen. But right. you're pretty close to right. I count that as the main game. Got it. How do they start you out in this? Because when you start out the quote-unquote career after you're done with the Aranos, you're basically over-leveled. You can take any mission after that. Um, so do you start off really poor? Do you start off just uh, fine? They and, start and- you off with like a pretty decent bank of sea bills. Uh, you have like four or five mech warriors. Uh, four mechs, all uh, like three lights and a medium or two mediums and two lights. I forget something like that. Um, similar to how you start the, the main game, but you don't have that blackjack. You have a different mech instead. I forget which one it is. Um, you're certain you already have the Argo, uh, and all the upgrades are available to you there. Um, you know, just in terms of like what you can afford from the outset. Right. Um, I don't. I didn't go around and look at all the star systems to see if like your reputations are set in certain ways or whatever. Um, so I would imagine that stuff is kind of just reset to everyone kind of neutral. Uh, but you can take missions from pirates, which is certainly new. I didn't remember being able to do that before. No, have, that's like, new. That's definitely part of the with yeah. pirates. <laughs> you can get good <laughs> reputation with the pirates, which is kind of awkward. But yeah, you know, it gets you black market rep though. Yeah, so I've only really done a couple of missions. Um, That's kind of it. So I don't have a lot to say about it other than like, yeah, it seems like Battletech, yay. Uh, (laughs) And the leaderboards are based on, from the start, you have 1,200 days to rack up the most score. Uh, And then it posts your score to a leaderboard, after which, of course, you can still keep playing if you want. Um, Wow. Yeah. That sounds like an interesting way to do it. And there's a whole bunch of settings. Like, you can turn on Iron Man, where, like, people die. You can increase the lethality. You can... Increase the number of parts you need to build mechs. You can turn on and off a whole bunch of stuff. Like if you assemble a mech, it doesn't come with any equipment or it does, or there's a whole bunch of new settings and stuff that, uh, I haven't really explored in depth other than to turn some on and some off. I feel like those are great for a challenge between people, but I don't know that I would want to make Battletech harder on myself. <laughs> the default sounds... settings are certainly harder than what the base campaign was. So right. it seems like it's geared towards a, Hey, I already beat the campaign. Let me see what else is here. Kind of a thing. That sounds kind of like the uh, the way you can customize matches in Smash. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right? Like, I want to turn off the bat for this, or I don't want uh, you should always Pokemon turn off to appear. No, no bats, ever. Andrew right? likes to ban items and play on Final Destination. <laughs> uh, uh, for you millennials out there. <laughs> oh, millennials know what Smash is. They don't know banning bats in Final Destination, probably, do they? I think that was oh. in the last one, right? I feel like the that was a bat. 64 joke. The it's bat not. has always been there. I mean, the bat, yeah. Final Destination is not a 64 joke. People know what that is. Okay, fine. You know, I've felt a weird pang of nostalgia when you mentioned that blackjack. I miss that mech. I don't miss the mech. I miss it being the best thing you had. You it was know? really overpowered <laughs> in the beginning, that's for sure. It had yeah, so many really, lasers. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of lasers on it. That's cool. Um, we're going to review-ish, probably, or hash out how we feel about Flashpoint and where Battletech's headed. Mm, in depth, I think, between JJ and I, at least, uh, once he's back. 
Michael, should I put you on the spot here and say that maybe in between there, we're going to get a third opinion on what Battletech looks like? I uh, I might have some time in there to fire it up. Hmm. Now that I have the uh, I have access. the ability to access. <laughs> nice. I want to I want to get an opinion from Michael on somebody who didn't maybe grow up in in BattleTech. I know I had BattleTech the TCG and metal pewter models of BattleTech's uh, models, you know, Mech Warrior and so anything they make I'll play. And I know JJ is kind of in the same boat, so I'm really curious to see what you think. Now that they've added in all these features and the game has really taken off. Anyway. There is slightly more Battletech news. Oh. Uh, and uh, MechCon, I guess, was uh, this past weekend. I think they have that in Vancouver. I did not know where it was, so I'm glad you knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should go. I saw there was some news uh, that filtered out of that. Uh, not only was there a apparently hilarious match between, uh, Mitch Gittleman and Jordan Weissman, the, uh, two heads of Hairbrain Studios. Who wiped the floor games. with who? I believe, uh, the thing I saw coming out of it was that Mitch got lucky, according to Jordan. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so unclear what that actually meant. I just saw that. Uh, Given our conversation with them in the past, that sounds about right. Yeah. I think that sounds right. Um, <laughs> But the, the other news that came out of there was the MechWarrior 5 Mercs had a little... Yes, uh, there was a little video and demo of that, yeah. I guess, that went up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. that vin- video footage is out there. Folks who want to see that uh, looks cool. I don't know. I like MechWarrior games, so... I do, too. I hope that's good. Uh, and apparently, during a Q&A session, which I did not hear about, someone asked uh, the Hairbrain Schemes guys about the Unseen... The Unseen the name of them? is a group of mechs that existed in Battletech the fiction. Some very popular ones are included in there, and apparently uh, some companies decided that the people who designed these mechs way back when had infringed upon the IP of certain mecha anime that existed in Japan at the time. I see. Uh, and okay. there, there were there have been a lot of lawsuits about these guys. Basically, basically these specific mechs haven't existed in BattleTech in a very very long time because the company that owns the rights to that anime in Japan sues every time they try and do it. And apparently, the lawsuits have now finally resolved themselves, such to the point that uh, someone who asked about this uh, and Hairbrain Scheme said they are not legally barred from using them in the game which is news as far as I'm concerned. I don't think they ever had said that before. It was always just something like you never talked about these specific models over here because everyone knew they were kind of like off limits because people had been sued about them. Uh, And there was ongoing litigation or whatever, and I guess all of that has finally now resolved to some level of satisfaction such that Hairbrain Schemes is happy to say that, like, yes, we... We like them, but it's more a matter of we don't have the manpower and the resources to build the models for them because they don't exist. Um, We would like to have them, but not in this next upcoming DLC that comes out in summer 2019. Hmm. So the fact that they were like, yes, we would love to put them in the game and that we are not legally barred from doing that is news because people just assumed they were all barred from using them. That's interesting, because I thought those mechs had basically been phased out. Like, they they had almost even retconned them out of existence. They did in some cases because they weren't allowed to use them, right? So, like, I think what it's the Mad Cat and well, yeah, a so few of the other ones. Most of the, most of the um, clan mechs yeah, it's not are most, in there. It's not most of the clan mechs, but I think most of them were clan mechs. But you know, it, I forget which ones it is exactly. They were famous at the time that like Mech Warrior Two came out and the the tabletop game and stuff. But oh yeah, they've kind of yeah. d- they've been unseen since then because more <laughs> or less the lawsuits and stuff. So it was well, news the, that they said that yeah we could, but we just don't have the people to do it. The names too could could have changed on some of these mechs and the like. They could have kept the names and and changed the models. Yes, so you that's I mean? uh, or or even the reverse, right? Keep the model but use a new name. It, it, unclear as to what that right. will be but this is someone publicly commenting saying that it's not illegal <laughs> which is the first anyone has heard of that so and the peasants rejoiced yay, yay. all right enough about battletech for the rifleman to come back yeah no that's enough yeah, battletech's good 
We yeah. love it. Yes. We'll be talking a lot about Flashpoint and probably more Battletech soon. Rabbids? Do you guys want to hear a little bit more about Rabbids? Or are you just... Hit me. Nah. Shoot no, me? I, I, I heard a second opinion that actually lined up with, with some of what you were saying last time, so I'm interested to hear more. It is a tactical game that is very fun because a lot of the time it doesn't feel like you're worried about what order of operations things have to go in to win, but more like it's a puzzle game. You only ever have three people on your side, right? Your team can only ever be three people. There's a lot of enemies in some missions, but most missions that where you're outnumbered by a ton end up being get to the exit sort of missions um, in which you only have to get one person over there. Your other people have to live, but you have to get one person over there. Well, eventually you start to have these skills where you have extra movements and certain people's movements affect other people's movements and other people have auras that make people move faster. This is an example, right? Movement being an example. Mm -hmm. Tactically, you talk, you can talk about shooting or melee or any of that stuff um, where you can kind of see, Oh, well I can do it in three moves this way and nobody dies. So I can just get out of here. And it doesn't matter if you take out the entire other team, you just get the same experience um, no matter what, as long as you finish in under the turn limit, you, you get the points for the match and the gold for the match. That part of it is awesome. Um, the Nintendo part is great because it looks beautiful because it has to be in the Mushroom Kingdom. And the Rabbids part is starting to grow on me with the like weird inaneness of it because otherwise you'd kind of get bored, I think. Okay, so you're saying that overall you're enjoying the weird mishmash? My my computer is singing sad songs in here. Very lonely. I have... (laughs) 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 You know, what's that uh, lot? The Beatles line, my my PC gently weeps a little bit every time. (laughs) I like to turn my... I haven't uh I haven't done anything else. I can't put it down. It's it's addicting because the matches are so short and the the they're everything is like bite-sized. You can walk into a world, you know, each each world has like nine chapters or 10 chapters including the boss and you each one has two battles and and you can kind of like take it in chunks, right? You don't have to finish the whole chapter. You could just do the first battle or you could do the two battles and then walk through to the next chapter and then quit. And then once you finish the world, you get a new power and then you walk back through the same world using the power to unlock all the things you couldn't get into before. And that unlocks a secret chapter. And then once you finish that, there's challenges in that world. So I haven't even made it to the second world yet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, it's cool. I like when they have a lot of, uh, you know, reason for you to go back and check stuff. Right. It's like the, the best part of New Game Plus without it being New Game Plus. I hope that the challenge keeps up. I worry that if it goes too long, you're just going to eventually be super overpowered by the time you get to chapter eight or whatever. We shall see. I have heard varying reports about how hard the game gets. I do want to talk briefly about the boss from the first world. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. So I guess if you don't want to hear what the boss is, skip ahead about 20 seconds and then I'll talk about it generically after that. It's a rabid, just a straight up rabid that looks roided up out of its mind because it's supposed to be Donkey Kong. <laughs> but, but they don't they don't change the color. They don't it's just him but giant. It looks like that's, like that's an inspired no, white, idea. There's white no, hairy hulk. <laughs> there's no mistaking what the intent is, but they Oh, they, well yeah, cuz then the mission has uh I, if you've tuned back in, just skip ahead another 20 seconds. Um the mission has bananas all over the the battlefield. Okay. Um okay. The and so what was interesting about it is the boss battle wasn't um the mid boss for the level that I was on. The mid boss was like a battle where you had to defeat him, but he did a ton of damage and you had to figure out the trick for how to get away from him and to work him down really fast. The the end boss was a cycle. It was like you had to figure out 
what it took to damage him because he was kind of impervious and then do it three times without losing basically. Right. Right. Um, some Nintendo boss design right there. Do the thing. three absolutely. times. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Way to go. Ubisoft. So I think, um, that I am shocked that that didn't win or get close to people's discussions about best games of the year on the switch last year. I think the, a lot of people were obsessed with like breath of the wild. And I think that maybe they rightfully should be having not played it. I can't judge, but if this is the quality that people are going to be making for the switch, that system is destined for greatness. I think, um, and I hope so because it sounds like they're opening up the switch to more developers too. So we'll see. Yeah. They just removed, um, some of the restrictions on the developer community, which sounded like it went as a decision. It went over really well. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that because I don't know about you guys, but my DS feels long in the tooth and this feels like a fun experience having a switch. Yeah. I I think from people that I've talked with and stuff, that seems to be the general consensus is like, no one wants to pull a 3DS out and everyone is like, can you just put it on the switch, please? Yeah. That's kind of a sad statement considering how venerable the 3DS is, the DS platform in general, and how many great games came out of it, but it just feels old after having held the Switch. I don't know about yours, JJ. You should do yours handheld on your uh, on your spare time that I know you're going to have a ton of. <laughs> uh, mine sometimes makes a little bit of fan noise, and I've wondered if that's normal, but we'll see. We will see. I guess if we're talking about Nintendo... For a second. Can I get nostalgic on you? Okay. For, for, for like five minutes. Duck Hunt was a great game. Yeah. <laughs> Michael got it. No. Uh, in an era of like picking up another new Nintendo handheld that has a new Pokemon on it and like sitting in, you know, bed playing video games and thinking I'm six again. Uh, this is not about... <laughs> Pokemon on on Twitch, so don't we're not doing that. Is it crazy to you that Netflix is going to have like every good anime on it? Every good? Okay, look, I heard a rumor they might be getting Macross. I didn't see that. Um, that's cool if true, but yeah, that would be news to me. Okay, but, but that's not the one that was big news recently. What's the big news recently? Evangelion is coming to. Netflix, uh, which apparently I didn't even realize has not been officially licensed anywhere in the U.S. since 2011. What? Really? Yeah. Apparently, who used to license it? I, dude, who? I don't know. You looking at me? (laughs) I mean, yeah. Come on, man. I don't know. Um, If if I were going to make a guess, I would say maybe Cartoon Network. Well, directly or through somebody? Ooh. Because it was all it was all uh, Bandai for a long time, right? I would just assume that a company, if you had the license to that, why would you ever let it go? It was so seminal and important uh, back when it came out, and even with how ridiculous that that show gets, like it's it was so popular for so long. Why would you ever let that expire? But apparently, it has not been possible to stream legally at all since 2011. And the DVD prints were even getting, like, really hard to find. Huh. Because they were just a collector's item, basically? Or just, like, they hadn't done another printing because the license was weird. Um, And now Netflix has apparently solved this problem for us. I don't know when they said it was coming. Is it the new year? I mean, they just shove money at people. They don't solve problems. They just well, throw piles. They solve Here's the a problem. pile. You want some more piles? Here's another pile. Who else is a problem? Here's another pile. Unless you're like Daredevil or something, I guess. I think there's more going on behind the scenes there. It seems weird to me that they would straight up just cut ties with every Marvel show a year plus out from Disney Plus. (laughs) That's what it's called, right? Disney Plus? I think that is actually the title, which is really dumb. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But regardless, I don't think like, you know... Disney's streaming thing is going to license those Marvel shows off of Netflix. Why would Netflix ever do that? They're Netflix right, so shows. It's weird that they just abandon all the shows right out of the gate that fast. 
I haven't heard about Punisher biting it, but I assume that's yeah. on the block as well, probably even though it's probably already been shot, it. right? I mean, if it's already shot, know. they'd probably just release it. Anyway, I don't know. Who knows? The point is, we're talking about anime here, and <laughs> and they're going to have Evangelion, uh, which is good. People should watch that show. Uh, it's good. I don't know if it's fun to watch, but it is good. Yeah. Old anime is good for people that liked it. Have you seen Evangelion, Michael? I have not, so I am on the list of people who are uh, interested to check it out. Okay. All right. Okay, we're we'll do a little. We're gonna do a three episode tester for Michael, and we'll rewatch three episodes when this happens, and we'll all congregate with our opinions. Okay, so tune in next spring. <laughs> yeah, dude, it might be a while. It's, it's, yeah. it's spring twenty nineteen to answer your oh, question. No. JK. Oh, oh buddy. Well, okay, rip. Uh, we'll circle live back. action. Live action Robotech in the works at Warner Brothers. Possibly for Netflix. Okay. I mean, there's a live-action Cowboy Bebop that Netflix did say they're actually doing. Say what? Yes. They announced that on the heels of the announcement that they were getting Evangelion and people were talking about it. They're like, by the way, we're doing live-action Cowboy Bebop. See ya. (laughs) People were like, oh, what? That one. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Come back. Come back. (laughs) What? That was the bigger announcement, I thought. Uh, yeah, they are doing a live action Cowboy Bebop series. Will they have the fridge in it? I don't know. Will they have the dog in it? The dog has to be in it. I'm really curious about the interdimensional demon fridge or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> oh, that one weird episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. You never know. Where uh, you start to wonder if they're all dead and this has just been a dream all along. <laughs> you know? <laughs> In that very anime kind of way. Speaking of old animes, that one does hold up. Oh, yeah. People should watch that um, for sure. I mean, it's very noir, which I think was why it held, it holds up. Uh, also, uh, the music is fantastic. And honestly, I don't even want them to use different music. They should just no, use please, the same music. Please do not. Yes. Get, the, get that band back together, re-record I those will, tracks in higher quality, and just I will walk the CDs into your office. I have them. <laughs> it's an open invitation netflix (laughs) anytime oh man nostalgia all right well maybe we should talk about something we know actually know stuff about it would be probably wiser (laughs) okay put your learning cap back on we're gonna do another component class push these glasses back up my nose Ooh, fog them up it's getting steamy in here with hot new parts yeah, as we alluded to last week, uh, there were PC parts purchased here. I re-listened to that because I was worried when we recorded it that it was a rambling mess, and it was quite good. I think, I hope somebody learned something. AKA, don't spend money above and beyond what you really need. Right? Right. Yeah. I'm going to leave it to you, man. You pick. You picked up two parts that we alluded to. Because mm-hmm. we kind of left it all a secret. We didn't tell anybody what we got. Yeah. What do you want to throw out there, man? Um, what are we going to talk about today? Let's, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, hard drives and SSDs. Uh, which, I'm really happy you picked that. One. Yeah. Uh, I think there. I have to fess up. I have to fess up something here, man. Don't cut uh-oh. me off. Oh no! Sorry. Okay. I don't want to. You're bearing your soul. Let us see. I, I too bought an SSD. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Good. Good. That's, welcome to the club. Yeah, we're man. in. We're, I mean, I've owned an SSD. Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you made it sound like you didn't. I don't know. No, for the new computer build, you guys are killing me. <laughs> Reminder: component class started as a reason. Uh, we uh, Andy is building a new PC here. It's slowly but surely in uh, wasteland style, accumulating parts that will eventually become uh, the last of the V8s. I don't get that Max reference. Okay, thank you. I was going to say I don't get it, but that's good. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So I think, uh, you know, SSDs and uh, hard drives in general are kind of a place where there's like a little bit of new technology coming in and people might be a little confused about what's going on. I would say it's moving quite fast, actually, because if you're not keeping up, there's new connections, new architectures, new chip types, new 
Yeah. Everything. Platters so, no longer exist. Yeah, they do, but like, do they matter? I don't know. So the so the hard drive market is weird now. You can get a, an SSD, which is a solid state drive, which is a really fancy bundle of what used to be called flash memory. Uh, is now not really called that anymore um, for whatever reason. And they're basically just like really big, fast hard drives. And the prices on them have come down precipitously in the last year or two, I would say. Yeah, I was yeah, going to mention, have. though, that the uh, the market in general for hard drives of all types is a broad financial range. Yes, you can spend a lot of money on a hard drive. Or, or very little. Yeah. Very little, yeah. And I would uh, put myself closer to the very little end uh, than the a lot of money end. Uh, the stuff you know. pay... Yeah, maybe. The stuff you pay for, for with an expensive hard drive is either a lot of space or a really, really insane amount of reliability. So I want to put out there that in general, there are people that are listening to this podcast that will say that doesn't apply to me because they know it doesn't when I say this. And you're not the people I'm talking to. I'm not giving you advice because you're going to use hard drives with discs in them because you need to. But for the people that are listening that are thinking about building a PC or they're thinking about building a little, you know, making their computer a little faster or making it updated, don't buy a plattered disc hard drive anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. You can buy an SSD uh, like the one that I bought, which is a terabyte, which is quite a lot of space, really. Right. Uh, it's fast because solid state drives are typically and nearly always faster than the old school plattered style uh, of hard drives. They and they. Mm, this is complicated, though. We're going to start to get into connections here a little bit. Yeah, uh, it, it does matter how your hard drive is connected to your motherboard uh, over which type of connection. For um, ease of use for people thinking about just replacing them and why it might be a good idea, you can plug and play. There are some out there that are built to just take the space of an old-style hard drive, a yep. SATA connection. Yep. Uh, and if you're building a new PC from scratch, you may want to consider some of the newer-style connections such as uh, SATA 3, eSATA, and uh, there are even some that connect over PCI and a bunch of other weird stuff. And Correct. that's just in the SSD stuff. There's other technology out there in the hard drive land that purports to be, I've never used one, so I don't know, but is faster and uh, quicker than even SSDs now. Uh, and those are called M.2 drives or NVMe. NVMe. Yeah. Flash drive. And they they essentially look like RAM sticks that you stick into a slot on your motherboard if it has one, uh, and then they are a hard drive like that. Uh, I've seen pictures of them and they look very strange to me, but uh, people say they work really well and they're like supposedly even faster than SSDs, which are already noticeably faster. If the thing that annoys you about your PC is that games take a long time to load. Or, like, things in general take a while to, like, you click on something, it doesn't do anything for a while. Well, yeah, here, that's complicated because if games take a long time to load, it could be that you don't have enough RAM on your card. It could be, so but also... If you're opening the internet and it takes a long time to load, you need a faster hard drive. <laughs> Typically, uh, you will notice an improvement very quickly if you the move main, from an old one, old style the main hard thing drive that to SSD. Blows the main thing that blows your parents away when you put an SSD in their computer is that when you boot it up, it boots up when you push the button rather than going for a coffee and a jog. Yeah, you can – like my computer, after I press the button, I see the login screen to Windows within three seconds or something like that. And right. like I didn't even bother to attempt to optimize it. You can optimize it to such a degree that you press that button and it is almost instantaneously there. Um, so if you're into that stuff, you can definitely do that. Yeah. So – what did you end up getting? Uh, so I got a one terabyte. Uh, it is a Samsung 960 SSD. Evo or Pro? I had to double check the box. It's the Evo. <laughs> okay. So you're not a crazy person. Good. No. The Pro ones, I believe, are the more expensive line. Um, they yes. have Performance-wise, they don't uh, increase the performance. They increase the reliability. Right. And maybe there's like, you know, oh, it's like five 
megabytes per second faster one Not way even. or the other or whatever. Nope. It's very minimal. The reliability is quite a bit more, but honestly, the price difference don't even bother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got it on sale at Black Friday for it was uh, the sweet spot. I have always said is like uh, it used to be a dollar a gigabyte, and that's now ridiculous. So don't that pay anything. Close, <laughs> don't pay anything close to that. Is now come closer to like ten cents a gigabyte. Uh, nice. And I paid just a little bit over that. I think I was closer to like eleven cents, uh, and. That felt pretty good to me, considering the hard drive I had been using for several years was 250. I went from 250 to 1,000, and that feels real good. Mm-hmm. You don't have to shunt stuff to a hard drive. Right. And the thing that was starting to annoy me was that I would want to install some new game or uh, you know play something different from what I had been playing, and I would have to uninstall other stuff. That started to annoy me because I'm not willing to accept the slowdown of installing it on my external hard drive or my other hard drive that's slower, but way, way bigger. Uh, and so I'm not willing to do that. So I would uninstall and reinstall and it started annoying me. So now I don't have that problem anymore. And this is a SATA 3 connected drive? Yes, yes it's connected over SATA 3. My motherboard does have an NVMe or M.2 slot, but uh, yeah, so that's, I didn't yeah, want to mess with M.2 it. M.2 is the correct nomenclature there. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to mess with it, and I decided, nah, we'll just leave this uh, maybe as a future upgrade or, you know, who knows, maybe on my next build, something to experiment with. NVMe is the type of architecture on the chip. Thank you. I did not know. I have not yes. done any research in that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I did do some research in that stuff. I'm because... staring at a 970 Samsung mm. Evo Okay. M.2 NVMe drive. Very cool. Oh, uh-huh. And it is weird. It's really weird. <laughs> it, it looks like a RAM stick, right? Isn't that the thing? Not really. Um, a RAM stick kind of sticks straight out from your board, and it's got the cool uh, heat-removing you know, stuff. If you've ever seen like a RAM stick without all that crazy stuff they put on it to like yeah. dissipate the heat of it, yes. Um, like ones you would find in a computer from the 90s. Yes, right, yes, with all the chips hanging out. It connects at the short side not the long side oh okay so the connector doesn't go along the length very small and it's at the end of it and it plugs into your board flat so that the drive sits flush to the board not sticking out from the board i guess that makes sense if you're going to do the connection end on you don't want to have this thing sort of like right out there right exactly um i think in the long run it's going to end up sitting under my video card kind of yeah, I mean, it's going to depend on how your motherboard is laid out. A lot of them are lay that stuff out differently. Yeah. Um, I have to kind of figure that part out because I've heard that they tend to run a little hot. So I'm hoping to stick a little metal radiator on there to try and relieve some of the heat. Uh, I believe the slot on my motherboard is above the video card. Yeah. Uh, which the so video card to... exhausts down, not up. So it would be in the path of the central kind of air tunnel that happens between where the processor is and the exhaust fan in the back. So in theory, it would get some of that, but, you know, who knows? I haven't perfectly figured out the layout for this thing um, quite yet. But I did some research on it. I ended up paying $0.22 a gigabyte. Okay, a little more, but new technology. Those things are not that old. They're only a couple years. No, yeah, NVMe Flash is maybe two years old. It's At least I hadn't heard of it until, like, two years ago, and that was even, like... Hey, here's this new thing. They're a thousand dollars, and I was like, it's "Oh, true, weird." Yeah. And then, yeah, like, when they came out, the eight sixty Evos were a lot of money. Um, I've been staring at prices for the. What's interesting about these chip architectures is that the one terabyte drives perform better than the five hundred gigabyte drives. That's um, weird. But I, yes, yeah, it's the way that they can access the chips. They have more access pathways, so they can write and read quicker. Hmm. But, it's like a wider uh, lane or something. Yeah. Well, I think there are more lanes because they add more chips. And when they add more chips, they add more lanes. Hmm. Um, it must not scale linearly then. No, no, no. It does not. No. Uh, it, it's like one of those things where like, oh, they have four chips divided. It's like the 500 yeah. gigabyte one has four chips, each of which are like some multiple. Right. But the one terabyte one has like either two chips and they're both really big or 
like six full, chips, six chips know. or something, and that's better somehow. I, yeah. It's confusing, and the way that stuff works is always like you can get really down into the weeds with computer stuff if you want, and it's like <laughs> impossible. Like I work with computers for a living, I know, and so like I'm just you said that, and like now my mind is churning. I'm like, how are they laying this stuff out in a way that? Yeah. This? and I was like, N- you know, I can't. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a callback to last week's episode. Flip to the end of it. And find out why you shouldn't spend more money for stuff. For a roughly 10% performance gain on something that is an M2 drive, and we'll talk about how fast it is in a second. If you want the one terabyte on Black Friday, it would have cost you $220. Or step down to the 500 and pay 110 Yeah, so literally. I mean, you're doubling your space for double the price there. Right. Yeah, but what you really want is I'm doubling my space from 256 right now to 500. Yeah. Right? And I'm not paying for new technology out the nose by getting a chip that is great, but is completely, in my opinion, and yours probably too, overpriced at 22 cents a gigabyte. Yeah, that would not be the price I would I would look at there. When building this upcoming computer, I didn't want to look back and think I had limited or hamstrung myself. And that's where we get into SATA versus M.2. A SATA connection is 6 gigabits per second. An M.2 is a PCIe connection, essentially. And I believe those top out in like the hundreds of gigabytes somewhere? Correct. The NVMe architecture has basically already topped out the M.2 connector. (laughs) 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 sure yeah it's just like hey how many bits can we throw over this thing let's go so that's why i went with the cheaper less performance quote-unquote drive in the same model range is because now we're going to talk about for the next two or three years before they come up with another connector right and you would have to buy incremental increases yeah right 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 they're not going to be shooting past this architecture very quickly. It sounds like from what I was reading. Yeah, hopefully they don't um, come out with like M.3 next week or whatever. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It puts two chips connectors next to each other. You know, they just double the M.2s. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, yeah. who knows? They they do all kinds of crazy stuff in this space, but it's certainly a, it should be relatively future proof in that it's new and it looks like it's gaining wider spread adoption. Yes. Uh, so you uh, shouldn't have any trouble finding parts for it if you want to upgrade later down the road. That was the one thing in Black Friday. I walked into it not thinking I was going to buy, and then the deal was so far under the prices I had been looking at for other M2 drives that I just said, you know, I think I'm just going to pull the trigger on this one. So, you know, they got their Black Friday sale yeah. uh, for me being in there for something else, you know? Uh, and that's, that's more or less how I, how I ended up with the one that I had, too. I was thinking about, ah, well, maybe I'll get one of these. Uh, let's see if there's any good deals. And I was like, oh, this is less than I expected this would be. Yeah. And okay, yeah, sure. I, I think, think I've just been a little burnt out because I've been sitting on SSDs for so long now on all my computers mm-hmm. that I needed I needed my next one to be special. <laughs> also, there's no more cables that way. Yeah, it does eliminate cables. Uh, that is nice. And... I will say the case that I have has a genius idea that allows you to route the cables around to the back side of the case so it's out away from the motherboard. And you stick your, your drive on the side of the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, out of sight? Yeah, it's really nice uh, that way. So the cables are a little managed uh, yeah. in that regard, but yeah. uh, they're still there. And, you know, like plugging them in and unplugging them and all that stuff is not fun. You know, the faster, obviously, you can read and write. Um the faster things happen. Yeah. Especially the read. The read is almost more important than the write. Yeah. I think you're uh, less likely to be writing very large files than you are to be reading very big ones. So, well, and you know, then you get into the architectures of asynchronous files, short burst file writing versus long file, you know, like all that stuff kind of, you have to, if you're not working, I think in a particular field, yeah, I was going to say the the reasons you would care about like really fast write speed are either you're doing a lot of like video stuff, recording video, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. or editing video, that kind of stuff where you're saving big files. Frequently. Honestly, you're, then you're talking about a whole host of things you have to get into, which is of course processors and but, RAM and. But like that is the the easiest and most obvious use case for very big files, right? Generally, right. if you're not doing that stuff, 
not going to matter to you. You just want the numbers to go up. You want the read speeds to be high so that your computer boots up faster. <laughs> uh, that's short-circuiting a little bit, but uh, I'm excited. The box is tiny and looks really cool. It's the smallest computer box I've ever seen in my life. Even the RAM stick boxes, I think, are bigger than this. Now you guys are making me consider one. Um, I know there's an MTM2 slot on my motherboard. There you go. They're cool, man. I think that at this point, uh, wait until the M- NVMe drives dry- drop down to a price. Because uh, there is there are cheaper, older flash architecture drives like the um, Crucial MX500 or the Western Digital Black, all those sorts of drives that are just completely outclassed by the M- NVMe architecture. Yeah, so the, the important thing to here is to not get into a like high performance expensive version of an old technology, right? Right. Right. Uh when there's new technology that has then eclipsed it, even if it's a little more, maybe it's not worth it to buy the like, you know, like those Western Digital Black platter hard drives that are really good but going to immediately be beaten by a cheap SSD. Right. Yeah. And I'm in no hurry. I still have a ton of space, so it would mostly just be a a speed improvement and I'm not at the point where I need that yet. Nice. Beautiful. Well, that's component class, the SSD edition. Uh, If you have questions about that, uh, if you want to know more, I did a lot, a lot of research on SSDs. I'd be happy to answer some questions or point you in places that I, uh, I found my own research and you can read more and kind of fall down the rabbit hole like I did. And if you want to send those questions to him, uh, the email address is podcast at webergamers.com. Uh, there's also our Facebook page where we will happily, uh, send you links and stuff. That's, uh, we were gamers on there and at we were gamers on Twitter and Instagram. Component class is becoming one of my favorite parts of this podcast. Building computers is so much fun. You guys, it really is not fun. Fantasy football this week for me. Not fun at all. Hey, do you get to kick off the rant this week? I mean, my rant is slow and short, uh, or fast and short. I bragged all season that I had a floor to my team, and I did. The whole season until the very final week of the regular season when I had to win to secure the first round bye, and my team literally took my floor and just, I don't even know, dynamited like, it. razor bladed all over it, <laughs> took a magic marker to it. Mm-hmm. At, Shattered the base of it by twenty points. Ooh, that's a that's low. Really bad. Re, like starting wide receivers, three points total. You know that sort of stuff. Like it was bad. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't really know what to say. I hope it doesn't continue into the playoffs. Uh, you know, everyone has an off week. I'm still in the playoffs, but now I have to play an extra week. Yeah, I'm... I have a lot of complaints about the waiver system is not good. I. I know a lot of things now that I didn't know before, and that's the end of my rant. I I, I don't know what to say. I can't rant too much. I made the playoffs, so, you know. <laughs> How'd it go for you, Michael? Uh, mine came down to my field goal kicker uh, last night. I was... I like you um, said field goal kicker instead of extra point kicker. <laughs> well, it was, it was a field goal. Well, that's what you want, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was... On the, I was on the wrong side of a handcuff for most of last night. I was winning going into the uh, the Pittsburgh. Um, I keep wanting to say San Diego, the Pittsburgh L.A. game, and everyone knows what you mean. Yeah, I had Roethlisberger and he had Antonio Brown, and yeah. for a lot of that game, it was Ben Roethlisberger making passes to his favorite target and not passing for any touchdowns. I had Cam Newton throwing to uh, DJ Moore on his team when he wasn't throwing to uh, I was gonna say, the other team, Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> womp womp. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the down the stretch, um, Roethlisberger picked up a touchdown, and then they, you know, that game got tied up, and the Chargers had a chance to win it on a field goal. At which point, I was down by like three quarters of a point, so I won my week by. 2.6 off the Woo. made Badgley nice. field goal. Nice. Way to go, Badgley. After like 15 false starts or whatever. Yeah, how Besides many chances his... did he get at that? Oh my I God. think they said that was the first three false starts to win a game this year at least. 
<laughs> what a finish, man. Well, like I said, I'm in the playoffs too. Um, this week wasn't particularly great with Drew Brees not performing so hot, and I'm now faced with a loss this week, which means I will be facing a team that is red hot in the playoffs. So I'm skeptical of my chances. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good luck. But we'll see what it is. So hopefully, uh, nice. you know, best we could do is, you know, on to the next week. Oh, man, I think I have to replay the same guy again next week. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs>